Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. From a little thing called Zoom, Matthew, since we are not able to be in the same place right now, we're here to review some games. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm more concerned about how you're doing. I'm good. I'm good. So for folks who don't know, I came home with the Rona um, from the California trip. It was, you know, a day or a day and a half after I got back. And I'm like, I'm not feeling good. Tested. Um, well, here we are. The good news is I am young, healthy, and unem- not unemployed, fun employed, not even fun employed. I have, I'm self-employed. Uh, I should stop saying unemployed because I have a job. I work for myself. Um, so the good part about that is it couldn't happen to anybody that was more convenient for. It has been really annoying to be stuck in my house, but thank goodness uh, it just wasn't severe uh, at any kind. So a little headache, a little head cold, um, a little mostly just annoying and not feeling great. But yeah, uh, I'm much, much, much nicer than it, it could have been, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But that means we are not able to podcast in person, Matthew. I mean, I guess I could have put you outside the window and ran a mic cord through there uh, <laughs> out of out of my front porch, but that seemed like too much work. So we're here with the magic that, of the internet. That would have been fun, uh, and I did not expect for us to go actually in this direction as we started this podcast, but also thank goodness you're vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Vaccinated, boosted, you know, all the stuff. And I've had COVID before. So, um, you know, if you want a rosy outlook, which I am the kind of person who likes rosy outlooks, though I don't know if I'm going to be the rosy person on this podcast talking about the last game. um, It was more like a cold, which is what we kind of always hoped it would turn into. So I'm not saying it's turned into that for everybody. But for me, that's what it was here. If it hadn't been for me having traveled, um, I don't know that I would have thought I had COVID. Like it was just a cold. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Well, What's uh, how about we talk about the uh, how about we talk about the Albion game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, apologies. I like how I've been doing that for like you know six months. Um, that's the allergies. All right. So the Albion game, Matthew, um, not my favorite game. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> this uh, before we get into the starting lineups, this was kind of the first game I've seen us get dominated. Uh, for portions of it um, where we were really under it since maybe the open cup. Um, I don't know. It was, it was pretty wild, but let's go over the, um, the starting lineups real quick and then, or starting lineup for us. Cause that's the only one that matters. And then I'll get your feelings on it. So in goal, we had Jean Antoine as normal. We had newcomer um, at least to this position, right back, Sebastian Capozucci, uh, right center back, Anatoly Prepolitsa, left center back, Aiden Bowers and left back, Joseph Perez, central defensive midfielder, Richard Dixon, uh, central midfielder, Alex McGrath, central midfielder, Beto coming in for Luis, uh, Mutaya Mwape at right wing, Jesus Ibar, Welcome back, Jesus, at left wing and striker Marcus Naglestad. Uh, how you? How are you feeling when looking at the lineups, Matthew? And then um, I know I've kind of given you my feelings. Uh, quick take, hot take on the game. How are you feeling? So I thought we uh, Jesus coming in uh, to the starting lineup again. That was expected. We we thought that's what was going to happen. Um, Beto and Luis. You never really know who's going to start in in that midfield position. Uh, from from game to game, um, and I think I think the coaching staff just wanted a, a little bit of a different look after two straight games starting Luis, um, who, who did not have his best game against uh, against LA. I don't think uh, in the in the uh, in the midweek loss. Although I think he was off the field before anything uh, before anything started happening, including maybe even a, a our goal. And then the only other change was Sebastian Capazucci coming in uh, to start it right back for Jung Wusso. And, uh, and I think a lot of that was, was based on 
uh, having an experienced player uh, come in, a little bit more defensive player, if we're being honest, uh, and a, a player that's going to play right back a little bit more straight up as opposed to how Colin and Jungwoo like to play, which is very much, you know, coming into midfield and, and providing a little bit of extra support in, in midfield. We did not see Sebastian do that very much at all uh, in the Albion game. Um, and, and it was just it was just interesting to watch it play out. I would argue um, one of the reasons we didn't see it much uh, is because game state was also very different. Now, look, they're very different players, right? And be, we can actually dive in a little bit onto how Colin plays it, how Jung plays it, and, and how Sebastian played it, um, and also how we think Partido would have played it. But also Partido was at the game, but uh, and coming back from the knee injury, said he's getting close to training, uh, a couple weeks away from potentially being released for full training. Don't know what that means. He said he doesn't know what that means. He assumes... Well, he, he actually, he didn't say what he assumed. So he doesn't know what that means as far as like, does he try to get back with the team? And this is me par- like adding a little bit, but like, does he get back with the team is kind of what he was implying. Or does he stay out in California or how does it work? So I'm not asking you anything. I'm just giving you a little update from speaking with he, him. He told me, he told me that he was going to have to have a conversation with the coaching staff to, to figure out what the next steps were. Sure. Of course. But I love, I love Whiskey, his- do not eat the flower. Unless she's just a, she's just a little apex predator. Let her eat the flower. Hey, yeah. Whisk. Okay. Well, rip, rip to that, rip, rip to that Daisy. It's okay. It's, <laughs> she is much more important. Um, but yeah, I think the game state, what I was saying, what I'm going to say game state wise is that we were not dominant in possession in this game um, for the first time all season where we just, I'm not saying we didn't have moments of, uh, or even like stretches of the game in other games where we let teams come on to us. But this was like, we couldn't get out of our own half for portions portions of the game. I'll put it this way. In the league, uh, let's leave out the Open Cup against Birmingham. Let's leave out the Open Cup against Memphis or against Atlanta. Um, In the league, in Rod's tenure as, as head coach at CFC, we have not seen... Uh, CFC get thoroughly dominated in basically all facets of the game with the exception of a way to value United. That's the last time. Even the Syracuse game where we went down a man and and lost three zero, we dominated for a portion of a good portion of that game. It didn't look like we had, were playing with 10, like we were playing with 11 and they were playing with right. 10 um, before we fought the dam finally broke and we allowed those goals. Um, yeah, it was weird. Now I don't want to say everything's negative and because it wasn't everything, everything negative, but this was a real, like, holy shit kind of game where we, you know, we got dominated, especially in possession. Their press was executed very well and planned very well, which is terrifying. Um, and so much so that we stopped going short. We just started going long at times, which is crazy. Um, there was also just when they got the ball back, whether it was going long or through the press or whatever else, our press did not win the ball back. Their possession was similar to what we do, creating threes on two, three on twos. And thank goodness that the so if we back up a little bit and I'll get to one of these in one of my I'll just go early kind of on one of my points like we've we haven't allowed much this year at all, like from the run of play. I mean, nothing. We talked about it like uh, the L.A. Force goal is really our first non error goal where it's the good team goal was created against us or or wasn't just like a like the strike against maryland or from maryland was just a holy shit look at that ball right but we haven't allowed like a good team build-up goal in part because our defenders 
have been really excellent one-on-one and have just made really good plays all season. And in this game, we made plenty of good plays. Um, high whisk. They're cute. both, by the way. Mandela's behind her now. Oh, that's funny. Um, we we've made we made many good plays in this game to keep it zero zero. Jean had a bunch of good saves. Um, a bunch, maybe too many. He had he had multiple good saves, um, and we had plenty. And of, and, and, the, and there were a lot of good blocks. There was a lot of good like last ditch type stuff. A, something and, you don't see us very often do. And so, I will say it feels worse. This game feels worse because of how dominant we've been this season. It feels very out of character. Um, so it feels worse, I think, than it actually is, and we'll kind of get to that later, I think. Um, but also. It did show our, our quality still in individual defending that we bent and we did not break. Um, we were both uh, pining for the final whistle towards the end of that game, which we have never done. Uh, all the, or I shouldn't say never. In this season, we have never had that happen. We have never been like, oh, my God, can we get to this final whistle because they're going to score? And we're lo- going to be lucky to get out of here with a point. And we were very lucky very lucky maybe too. We were fortunate to get out with a point because on the balance of play, they were the better team. I wouldn't say we were lucky because also we have very good, def- we made a lot of good defensive plays. Um, I wouldn't say I think, I think we also got extremely lucky to be, to be very, very clear. I, I think Albion, Albion created enough stuff to win this game and yes. honestly win this game comfortably. And even if you take out all the, like the good blocks and the good saves and things like that, they still hit the post a couple times. They still hit the bar like once or twice. They still had a couple of free headers on great crosses. Just go like over the bar like nothing was ever happened. Um, they, If you go back and look, the chances they created on the night, uh, incredibly wasteful. Incredibly wasteful. And it's one of the things uh, that I, I thought it, when we when we kicked their ass 5-0 out there, uh, and and the, even again, when we when we won two nil at home, I thought it was the makings of a pretty decent team uh, that they would eventually get their shit together, uh, that that for this league, they could do some serious damage. And I said, the one thing that was going to be a problem for them is they don't have a nine. They don't have a true good nine. And I think if this team has a nine, uh, I mean, they clearly were able to provide some service. If you put let's, let's just say you put Marcus on this team. They they could have they could do some serious damage, uh, and I think that's ultimately the thing that that holds them back from. I mean, we'll we'll see you know the rest of the season and playoffs obviously, but I think that's the one thing that holds them back. Otherwise, I can't say enough good things about about Alb- Albion's performance. Uh, and 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 honestly, it, it's less. I think I think Sunday was less about who CFC was, um, because I think you know. We're, we're looking at three games in eight days versus a completely fresh squad. Um, I think it says a lot about who, who Albion has been trying to be all season. And, uh, and it's a story of like, they didn't change who they are. Like they've wanted to play this way all season. They've tried to play everyone this kind of way. And I think it, it, it just built up into uh, a great game plan executed well. And against a team that like, was it was like the perfect i mean it's the perfect time to play cfc right third match in eight days we played la force who is probably based on the last few weeks certainly the second best team in nisa um second best second most talented team in nisa after us and they we played them twice in a row once at home once on the road two hard games even though um 
one was a draw or sorry one was a loss and one was a win so like it wasn't like two you know super hard fought draws right it was one that we probably should have won um if we if we stay focused and then one that you know you've said several times and i haven't rewatched that you think it was um three one was generous to us it's two hard games is my point in a row plus travel across the country plus uh it being the third game in eight days versus a team that hasn't played in several weeks um sometimes you come in rusty not having played in several weeks and sometimes you come in refreshed and they clearly came in refreshed um Mm -hmm. but also all of those factors lead me to be a little more optimistic about a um a game that is is pretty negative from our point of view because there's an ex- all the extenuating circumstances went against us and we still got a draw and you can chalk up I'm not sure I believe this by the way and we should do a worried meter towards the end of this uh, towards the end of this podcast <laughs> but um you can you can explain away a lot of what happened um just like you can explain away the Syracuse loss last year where we got beat three, nothing by the, one of the worst teams in NISA last year. I said one of, I didn't say the worst, like you can explain that one away because we had a lot of extenuating circumstances, including playing two very, very good teams on the road leading into that and being too tired. You can hope at least that this game has some of those similar, similar things. Did we talk about all the subs by the way? Uh, We did not. So let's go ahead and do that real quick. Um, and I'm going to take it a little bit one by one here. Do it. Um, I thought that that the inclusion of Luis Garcia Sosa at a halftime for Beto really helped. Um, I think it, it absolutely calmed, calmed some things down. Um, I think Albion shot their load a little bit in the first half, to be honest. And obviously they, they came back pretty strong, at, you know, with about 10 minutes to go in the game. But... Uh, in, in large part, not getting a goal in that first half really hurt them, and 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 I thought Luis was able to get into get into some gaps and some spaces, and that coupled with Albion's intensity dropping a little bit, maybe their confidence dropping a little bit, I think allowed us to get a foothold in the game. And while I don't think in the second half we ever really truly looked like scoring, let's not kid ourselves, I do think it allowed us to take a, a better foothold in the game and control the game. And in a lot of ways, it allowed some of that defensive possession to come in and it allowed us to kill stretches of time uh, and allow. And that's, I think ultimately that's why we allowed fewer chances in the second half than we did in the first. I don't, I don't think I would use the word control the game or, or I think more. And I don't know if you agree with this. I think I would say we controlled uh, portions of the game in a way in the second half that we didn't in the first half in the, in the second half, we still had some periods towards the end, the last 20 minutes or so, where we were just under it for large portions of it. Whereas we'd had some like five and 10 minute periods where we had some good defensive possession. We had some some stuff going forward. And I agree, Luis was the kind of the linchpin of that. Like him and Beto just play that position differently. And in different games, each one is more effective than the other one. And so like there's no like this is no shot at either one of them. It's just in different games, one is more effective than the other, depending on kind of how the opponent plays and what spaces open up. And I thought the second half, Luis was exactly what we needed um, in possession because he just allowed us to do a bunch of things based on the spaces that he takes up, like you were saying. I think the balance of control in the second half was basically even not the balance of chances uh, uh, because I think the, the, the end portion of the, of the second half was very much weighted in terms of control and chances by, by Albion. But I thought from, from minute 46 through about, you know, 75, even close to 80, I thought we really had a better foothold in the game. 
Um, and I think ultimately what, what happened, and, I, and I, I'm guessing one of the reasons why, uh, spoiler alert, Linnea Lopez was subbed in for Marcus in the 83rd is that was starting to, that that balance was starting to shift back and, and we probably just needed a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more of a target as as Albion was starting to put more pressure up and we were starting to go long and and he did not not able to play from the back again he did almost get free against several players and get a shot off look it was a low percentage chance in a lot of ways but like there was you know a big guy running sometimes you get you get that opportunity and it almost it almost with a lucky bounce if you get a lucky bounce in there um yeah the the plan kind of comes through but i agree i think what what We, we also we also had an opportunity in the second half that i think was you remember back to the Valley United game and and how we were under it all game, but we broke out twice. Once was a we broke out three times. I think once in the first half, and then twice in the second half. And one of the ones in the second half, I think early, maybe it was first. I don't remember, but it was it was when David Coloco had an absolute professional foul, like like very professional, a little dirty, but like very much like shit. They broke out. We're stopping this play. We finally broke through in the second half and and the Albion right back cl- just absolutely cleaned out from behind. I think it was a Jesus Sabara. And 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 that's one of those moments where, you know, you look at you look at that and you're like, hey, referee, you know, yellow card. But also you're like, that's a smart heads up play. Um, and and I, I really thought I really thought the brain, the brain on Albion was good in this game. And 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 the couple of moments that that they uh they let us out you know they they kind of cleaned up their messes pretty well and all, and all credit and all credit to them um so the only other the only two other subs i missed were uh one louis coming in in the 71st minute for for matai Mwape, and then ale jaimez uh made his debut in stoppage time welcome back ale uh, for for jesus abara that is ale's first minutes in league play this season it's his first minutes in co- competitive match this season uh yeah we, we haven't seen him since preseason so massive welcome back to la uh i know it was only you know a couple stoppage time minutes but it's really nice to see him back on the field he was on the trip so he was available for both games um a little bit of just a little bit of depth coming back towards the end of the season has been really important um we, we've talked a lot about how this team's fairly deep uh, but a lot of that depth was was taken away by injury for a lot of the season. Uh, so it's nice to, to to be getting a little bit healthy again. Um, something I, I think that it's important. We talked about this in in some previous matches on the season. When we did get into attacking chances uh, and attacking moments, when we did finally build up enough, ball went out wide uh, to one of our wingers. Those wingers had one-on-two opportunities. So even if they beat the first man, there was always somebody there, whether it be it the the center back uh, in cover, maybe a winger dropping in, maybe a midfielder coming over to, to close down. There were always two players. And if it was a one-on-one situation, somebody was sprinting. And uh I think that really, I think that really slowed us down. Uh they Albion never gave us anything, they never made it easy on us. And and I think a lot of it comes down to some tired legs, uh, but I'm let me go to my first my first takeaway because I think this is something to watch for going forward. We haven't really created much in the last four matches. If you go back, it's nil nil against Flower City. Yes, it's three goals to one against LA Force, one uh, one to two against LA Force, and then nil nil 
against against Albion. But if you if you really go back and look through that that sequence of four games, there's not a ton of chance creation there. Um, you know, it's and, and and it's it's a little concerning. Um, you know, you can ask questions like, have we gotten away from our principles? Have we? Uh, are we just in kind of like one of those in one of those plateaus? Um, is it against? Is, is it the schedule maybe more than anything? Flower City loves to sit back in. Uh, they're willing to concede the game. You know, is it just maybe a couple of the better teams? I don't know. I think that's something for the coaching staff to look at and figure out. Um, and 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 see. Obviously, you don't want to be peaking right now compared to in late October or in in November, maybe in our case. Um, but I think that's something to watch for in, in, in the future, uh, for sure. And we're obviously, this is a point that you're, that you're making in here that I'm just going to straight up steal. Okay. I think, I think we're really missing Colin, um, as the right back, his injury has, has absolutely affected the way that CFC is playing. And it's very possible. It's very possible that a lot of what we saw in the last week comes down to Colin just not being available and us trying to figure out how to play without him uh, because he does add that extra number in the midfield. He is a, an incredibly solid defensive presence. He's great in possession. He's also a bit of an aerial threat in, in on set pieces. And I think all of that matters. So I think that's something to watch going forward. Uh, here's something though. I will say, obviously the scoreline on Wednesday with the loss at LA is, is, is worse. The streak's gone, whatever. And obviously the draw against Albion is better on scoreline than the game against LA Force. If you watch the games, which I know some people, it's FIFA Plus, I know some people aren't necessarily able to, you're like, okay, well, we lost one game, we drew one game, like one was probably worse than the other. Unequivocally, unequivocally, Albion kicked the shit out of us. Uh, so much so that like, I'm, I'm in the stadium watching this game and I'm fully resigned to what I think is about to happen, which is that we're going to get scored on. We're going to lose another game. I was expecting it. And if Albion ended up scoring, uh, like I, there's nothing, there's nothing just to say to like make yourself feel better there. Like they were just the better team. They probably deserved it. Uh, and, and I wasn't going to be mad about it because I saw something on Sunday that I think is important. I think it bodes very, very well. You and I both wanted to see a response after after the first loss of the season against LA. We wanted we wanted to see like are we going to double down? Are we going to do some tweaks? Like who are we? What is this team going to do? We were dead tired. I think that was incredibly apparent. Uh and, and the legs just weren't there and Albion's game plan really like exasperated those issues. But I saw a commitment in mentality and in commitment to the principles. When we were when we did have the ball, we were trying to play snappy. We were trying to to play the way that we play. We weren't just standing on the ball and lollygagging, doing whatever. We were going after it the way that we try to go after games, the way we try to control games. We were not the better team, but we had commitment to the principles, and I think the mentality was incredibly good. I think the mentality was also veteran-led, and and we recognized our deficiencies, and we tried to, to, to play around it and figure it out, Um and 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 the team never and the team never gave up. Like the mentality was there, the response was there. I think the legs were gone, but the brain was there, and that was and that was really important. And and if we ended up losing that game because the response was there, uh, in, in terms of the effort and in terms of the brain power, 
I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. I, I it was it was the response game that I wanted to see, not necessarily the result or how we played uh, in comparison to the opponent. Uh, and, and and I think, yeah, I, I think it was it was a good game from that perspective. And maybe that's a little bit of copium, but I saw it from the from the first minute, from the beginning of that game. I saw the mentality was different, uh, and and it was back the way it should be. So take I, that for what you will. I wish I felt the same way. Um, <laughs> I could use some hopium right now. That was rough. Uh, I did. I don't. I just don't feel the same way. Um, I just. I didn't see it. I didn't see. I didn't. I did not see the same thing that you did. And I hope I see it on the next. Uh, in the next few games. Um, yeah. So you you took my last one about Colin, and that is like, let's talk a little bit. I guess like how they play. Um, Colin versus uh, Jung Woo So versus. Um, Sebastian Capazucci, just as a fun little aside here. So um, I think you and I both believe we didn't get to see Partita play um, in Nisa this season. Um, <clears throat> so we don't really know. But we, I think you and I both believed that Partita would have been much more up. And you correct me if you think I'm I'm crazy here. But up and down the wing, we would have seen him move more up and down. He's a much more athletic player um, moving forward, back and forward. But he also would have tucked in quite a bit to the – to with, with – I think when you saw how our fullbacks behaved at the beginning of the season, they were very much in line with Richard Dixon so that we were playing a 2-3, a two a central defense, a central center backs, excuse me, <laughs> words are hard, um, two center backs uh, that were good defensively and Aiden Bowers and Anatoly right next to each other. And then you had Richard and then you had the two fullbacks like just tucked in, but not tucked all the way in, just just maybe like one or two steps in, but right alongside Richard. And so we had this like line, this middle line of midfielders to start the season. It was very different than how we played it last year. Last year, Tate kind of stayed back. He tucked in some for sure, but he stayed back a lot. And we kind of played a de facto three a lot of the times with, um, you know, you, you was just, it was different. We, the way we played it last year was more of a three center back in defense, not all the time, but uh, uh, and especially in possession, three players in the back line. This one, we very much had two players in the back line and three. That was the first few games of the season. Um, that was when Jung was playing it to begin with. And that was before Colin got back from injury. And we, to be fair, we didn't know where Colin was going to play. Is he the backup six? Was he, we called him the Swiss army knife. Is he the 12th man? We called him a lot of things. Um, believe that he would be the backup center back. By the way, he hasn't been. I don't think he's played any time at center back outside of friendlies. And that was only like one friendly for a little bit of time. I don't think he's played any decent minutes at, at, at um whatever but so you had this like really different wrinkle from last year um and look tate robertson is proven to be a really good player i looked up in usl league one this year he has eight assists um he was very effective for us in that role he's playing a different role for them to be clear but point being as we played it differently we had a very good player there um jungwoo so played it differently i think you and i believe partito would have played it a little bit differently than jungwoo because they're a little bit different players but it would have been similar style of play now when colin came in everything changed so i'll leave i'll leave what i just said off to you then i'll come back to talking about colin yeah i i think i think actually the way jungwoo played played the position at the beginning of the season is exactly how partita would have played the position uh partita originally was a six and he was kind of converted to right back uh, and has the ability to, to to play a little bit of an attacking right back and overlapping right back and I think one of the things you saw with, with Jung Woo is occasionally, you know, that, that line of three would be there. But when the ball rotated and in the right moments, Jung would go. Sometimes he would end up central area. Sometimes he would end up out wide. And I think I think you would have seen a lot of that from Partita. 
we have rarely seen that from Colin. The 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 right back portion and and the kind of the center midfielder portion have been there, but we've rarely seen him get forward to provide say overlapping service. And that's not a that's not a shot at Colin. That's just the differences in in how how this team plays. And and you've seen that uh, kind of compensated for by usually having a, a winger out wide, like ready to receive service and provide some width. You oftentimes see Alex McGrath drift into that position. Uh, and in fact, we've seen several goals come from, uh, you know, players, players moving inside and Alex McGrath replacing them and the defenders not adequately covering McGrath. Uh, uh, it's, it's just, it's just a little bit of different and, and it's positional play just requires players to, to move and kind of play the position that they end up in. And uh, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Yeah. I, I think so to, to build a little bit on what you said there, um, I just think Partita would have gotten forward a little bit more aggressively than than Jungwoo does, um, and that's no shot at anybody. That's just I think that the attributes of them are slightly different. Um, and I and I don't know. We didn't get to see him a lot, right? But I think that was a stark difference from how we saw last year. And with Colin, the way he's playing is a difference from how Tate played. So do you see them? Do you see them sometimes lined up in a three in the back? Absolutely. There are plenty of occasions where Colin is out to the right, um, Aiden is split out to the left, and, and Tolley's in the middle, right? That happens, especially because you have three center backs, essentially. Colin, at this point in his career, is a center back. And whether I like it or not, he's a center back. and Or whether you like it or not, especially. Um, but you see them split out. But also, very, very often, now you see us with our two center backs back, and then you see Colin tucked in right next to Richard in just a two-man. So as if we were playing a 4-2-3-1 with them being midfielders and an invisible right back going forward. Um, and then Joseph Perez has the freedom to go way up or come in or do whatever. He has much more of a free role. And look, his greatest attribute is his motor, his his yeah. ability to go end line to end line the entire game and look the exact same in the second minute as he does in the 82nd minute is, is the thing that makes him special. And so with Colin tucking in, it also allows Richard to go forward and disrupt play, to push out wide, to push the play wide, to really do and, things. And, and to try to win the ball higher to, up exactly. the field. Exactly. And then Colin sometimes steps directly in between the, the center backs, not between back between them, but in front of them. And where Richard would normally be, which is a thing that we didn't see Tate do last year. And it's a thing I think we were missing in this game. We were missing Colin's athleticism, um, getting out wide. Sebastian's a different kind of player, but we missed Colin's athleticism a little bit in cutting out balls, I felt like, and one-on-ones with wingers. And we also just missed Colin's ability to step in uh, for Richard, to free up Richard to go out wide and break up play or to go forward and break up play or whatever else. And I just think we missed him a lot in this game. The other thing I will say is Tate did a lot of progression of the ball in the air comparatively we don't do a lot of progression of the ball in the air right but take and hit a long diagonal he did love to hit a long ball on occasion or a long pass on the ground colin plays much more tight triangles he loves a triangle look at the goal we scored against atlanta with a bing 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 against um where marcus scored from the run of play a couple games ago it's a bing 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 back and forth colin loves that there, neither Jungwoo nor Sebastian nor anyone we've had play right back likes triangles and plays triangles the way Colin does. 
that's not necessarily that it's better or worse, but that is a, a way we've been playing all season with the small triangles in midfield and Colin kind of slowing play down or speeding play up in midfield in possession. We just didn't have that this game. And I think in general, we're missing him quite a bit the last two games uh, for that as well. Okay, so I wanted the deep dive on Colin. I got my deep dive. Matthew, you want to go with your uh, key takeaways? Yeah, I want to move straight to my third takeaway because my my point about the response on Sunday, despite it looking bad on the field, uh, I thought mentally we were there and that was really important to me. Uh, my third point was just this. Can this group take the next step? I think you've got a similar point. Like, can we can we grow out of this plateau and take the next uh, the next step during the, the rest of the uh, of the regular season and, and really peak during the playoffs? Um uh, I want to steal. Actually, I want you to go straight to uh, to points one and two, uh, real quick. Actually, just just hit your three key takeaways because we've got some news and notes here at the end that I want to make sure we cover before we uh, before we sign out. Number one, going undefeated is hard. Uh, the dominance we've had this season uh, makes expectations too high. I've already talked about that. Like it, this feels worse. If if we'd already lost two games this season, be like, damn, you know, it's another off day. But we hadn't lost until last week, right? So this just felt worse, even though we didn't lose. Uh, we've conceded almost nothing defensively all season, and as soon as we concede, concede something, it feels like the sky is falling. And I, I don't know how to square that with reality other than saying that out loud and trying to internalize that. Um, the things are things are still solid. Going undefeated was never going to be a cakewalk. It never is. Look, Detroit was the best team in NISA in uh, several years that they were in NISA, and they never went undefeated, right? They lost to Stumptown at home, and Stumptown was hot garbage that year. So, well, not hot garbage, but you know what I mean. Stumptown was not the the epitome of, of teams you would expect to beat Detroit. So it just – it happens sometimes. Need to try to internalize that for my own emotional um, health. Uh, number two, we have to start getting shots from Marcus. He's done his part this season in bailing us out with no service. Large parts of this season, he has had zero service. If he doesn't hit those free kicks and draw up penalties and hit penalties, but especially the free kicks, we are in such a worse position. He's done the magic that he that he's been called on to do all season that was unfair to call on him to do. But now the team has to get him shots or the offense is not going to click the way we need it to. Marcus doesn't get many of his own shots. He gets in the right place. He does the rakes, the right runs. He gets into space, but you got to give him the ball and he's not getting the ball. Um, and we need less hero ball from players in general. That doesn't mean we don't want Alex McGrath to get a steal and score. That's great, but that can't be what we're relying on. The wingers have to play better, and the team has to play better to create shots for Marcus and for others. Otherwise, it's going to be real tough. Um, you've already said it. We beat it to death. Albion came out with a good plan and fresh legs. Am I worried? Yeah, I am. Uh, is the sky falling? No, it's not. Um, but we're going to need to be better offensively with less hero ball if we're going to get this done. And look, but I think your third point and my my bonus point are, are pretty much the same. Progress is not linear, but we're going to need to make some progress offensively. Otherwise, this is going to be a real, real squeaky bum time playoffs. We need the, the offense has got to get back to the wingers have to get back to beating people. And we have to start creating chances and shots for Marcus. Um, if we do that, if we go back to if we just make one little half step forward on some of the progress we saw um, a few weeks ago. We're going to be all right, and we are still a very good team and the best team in NISA, but this is a reality check, and we need to be better going forward if, if we're going to go get that elusive championship. Yeah, so three and a half minutes left in the Zoom, so if I if I suddenly uh, drop, then Breezy's going to have to do the the outro and uh, and, okay. and and take us home the rest of the you way. Got, you got three minutes. Here's here's some news and notes for uh, – for for us as we head to the, the final stretch savannah away tomorrow is postponed uh there's been some covid problems in inside cfc uh breezy is among them actually so 
I, uh, I, I, I am look uh, for, yeah. look for the, uh, that to get rescheduled at some point. Are we going to end up playing a doubleheader? Are we going to, I, I don't know. The league is added on an extra week uh, for the season and try to get all these postponed games in. So, so watch out for that. Does the club de Leon away match happen? Uh, there is a new venue on the NISA website. Uh, it's at Seminole soccer complex in Sanford, Florida. Um, I, I, I don't know though, but like no one said anything. I, I guess I assume we're playing it now. Uh, a lot of unknowns going into, into this portion of, uh, of the season. Uh, I expect that the, the flower city game away is going to be a dead rubber. I think we will have done all of our business by then. And I think they're going to be saved from the playoffs by in the playoffs by then. Uh, but still something to, to watch out for, you know, in, in a month's time. Uh, the playoff quarterfinals and semifinals have shifted. The original quarterfinal date was the 21st. It's now the 28th. The original semifinal date was the 28th. Now it's the 5th. Uh, those finals are unchanged. Uh, obviously, CFC games will be on Sundays uh, if we host in the playoffs. Uh, and here are magic number scenarios with two minutes to go. For a home playoff game, to secure a home playoff game, we are already in the playoffs. Uh our magic number on Maryland Bobcats is three points. Uh, that can be that can be gotten with the next time CFC plays, we get three points and a win. That can be gotten literally tomorrow if the Michigan Stars beat Maryland. Um, so that's three points to Maryland. For a home semifinal, guaranteeing a one or a two seed, we are seven points away to Albion and eight points away to LA Force. Uh, and Albion and LA Force play in Los Angeles, I'm sorry, in Irvine on Sunday of this weekend, which could change. That and number. then what's which, that, which could change that number for both teams. Correct. Which would all, all these games can change or these two games can change these numbers. Yeah. That's just uh, a, the last one a drastic change. If they draw zero, zero as an example. Correct. Uh, the last one uh, to become regular season league champions and the number one overall seed in all playoff games at home. We are, tw- our magic number is 12 points on Michigan stars. Uh, we control our own destiny. Uh, Michigan has a lot of games to make up. So that number can fall. Um, we'll see, like, we don't have, you know, we have five games left that are scheduled, uh, I guess four games plus a makeup game that has to get rescheduled. Uh, so we're coming now to the business point, uh, of portion of the season. It's time to, uh, it's time to get hot, get ready for playoffs and, and be playing well come playoff time. You said that in, uh, in your part of it. So Matthew, thank you for joining me today. Um, listeners, sorry that it is just, uh, another audio only episode, but is what it is. Thank you guys for listening, and hopefully we will see you very soon uh, with some player interviews and hopefully some wins and some happy moments. October 1st, block party pregame on Gold Star, uh, partnership with La Paz. going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. See everybody.